This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today, Sask Wheat releases its latest market report showing strong wheat exports from Canada and a new sale to Iraq last week. China has returned to buy a lot of Canadian wheat so far this crop year as well. We look at the new marketing of bison products in co-ops across the province. Real Agriculture discusses canola crop production. An update on food banks and soil health are in today's farm show. The farm weather's in its usual spot. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. The latest Sasqueed Outlook says Canadian wheat exports are on track to meet Agriculture Canada projections for the year. Michael Wilton is an analyst with Mercantile Consulting and released the Sasqueed Outlook. He says Iraq made a purchase of Canadian wheat this past week. It was quite a busy week. Iraq bought Australian, Canadian and Lithuanian wheat. Brazil and Mexico bought 10 cargoes of Russian wheat. And there was also a big trade of 600,000 tons of Russian wheat to Algeria. Unfortunately, we do not have any price details, except we know it was well below North American prices. For the most important grain news last week, most of the market movement was from Russia saying they were pulling out of the grain deal last weekend, and then returning on Wednesday saying they would allow grain ships to sail through the Black Sea Corridor after all. This caused wheat futures to close 52 cents lower on Wednesday. We note that although Russia has resumed its participation in the initiative, they have been non-committal in signing an extension to the agreement, which expires on November 19th. This was a large portion of the movement higher in the end of the week. In Canada, Canada had the lowest price on a cost and freight basis in Iraq's 150,000 ton wheat tender last week. Canadian wheat traded at $489.80 on a costing and freight basis. Traders think that Canadian wheat accounted for 50 to 100,000 tons of the tender, while Lithuania and Australia supplied the rest. Lithuania's wheat was worth $499 a ton. The events in the Black Sea are driving additional demand to Canada. Iraq has been excluding Russian wheat in their tenders, and the Commerce Minister in Bangladesh said they are increasing purchases of wheat from Canada and other countries while exports from their main supplier, Ukraine, are restricted. According to Statistics Canada, Canada exported 1.6 million tons of non-Durham wheat in September. The main customer was China, which bought 333,000 tons during the month for an August-September total of 535,000 tons. This is 139% more than this time last year. While sales to the top importing countries have been strong, there have been strong exports to other countries as nations in the EU and the Middle East have increased purchases of Canadian wheat. 
Canadian wheat exports for week 13 were 424.4 thousand tons, for a season total of 4.6 million tons. As of week 13, we are now 25% through the shipping year and have exported 25% of the 18.3 million tons of non-Durham wheat that the AAFC is predicting. Average weekly exports for the remainder of the year need to be 351,000 tons per week to meet the AAFC's number. Both CN and CP set grain movement records in October. CP boasted 3.1 million tons of grain, which surpassed their previous record set in October 2020 by over 100,000 tons. Meanwhile, CN moved 3.2 million tons of grain, exceeding their previous October 2020 record by over 50,000 tons. We only have performance data for two of the four shipping weeks in October, during which CP's hopper car fulfillment ranged from 73 to 85%, while CN's hopper car fulfillment ranged from 86 to 91%. For Canadian Durham, bids have fallen off, but we think this is because exporters are focusing on moving very profitable oil seeds rather than Durham. Durham prices in the EU were unchanged from last week, but the stronger Canadian dollar changes the conversion to about $13.20 a bushel at the elevator in Saskatchewan. Week 13 Durham exports were 101.5 thousand tons, for a season total of 823.4 thousand tons. Stats Canada says that 228.1 thousand tons of Durham was exported in September. The largest customer in September was Italy, who imported 79.4 thousand tons of the total amount. Italy is already showing itself to be a strong customer of Canadian Durham, and we expect this to remain the case throughout the year. Wilton says the U.S. winter wheat crop ratings are only 28% good to excellent due to very dry conditions. He says the Australian harvest is underway, but half the crop has quality issues from being too wet, while Argentina's drought-hit crop has also suffered from... Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Prairie 6 Inch Eavesdrops. An inch makes a big difference. PrairieEavesdrops.ca. And your Prairie Co op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton, and Strasbourg. If you head to any co op store across Western Canada these days, you'll find a new line of bison products that the company has launched in collaboration with Wanaskewin Heritage Park in Saskatoon. A portion of the proceeds will go back to the nonprofit park, which is the longest running archaeological dig site in in the country. In addition to being a gathering place for all nations of the Northern Plains, it's now home to a herd of Plains bison. The bison for the new food products are sourced in Alberta, while the products are produced in Saskatoon and the packaging has artwork by an Indigenous artist from Manitoba. Reporter Cheryl Brooks spoke with Store Brands Manager Sav Bellissimo. We started this project with Wanaskewin about two years ago. Really from a concept, we worked together on, you know, obviously Bison was going to be the base or the backbone of the product line. And we just thought it was a great opportunity to help Wanaskewin out, get their name out. Some of the proceeds do go back to Wanaskewin for educational programs. And we just 
thought it would be a great idea to bring this product to our shelves. They're going for their UNESCO heritage site. I think that comes up at 2025. So it's co-branded, it's co-op gold, and then co-branded with Wanaskewin. What will consumers see when they go into stores now? And is it already on the shelves? It's on the shelf right now. There's four products. There's bison burger, and then we did bison smoky, bison jerky, and then a bison meat stick. Is it seasoned? How did you go about making it something unique? It was a recipe that Wanaskewin had, and they had these recipes already in place. We tasted them, loved them, and then we had to find someone who can make that for us in a commercial kind of setting. And were you able to do that? Yes, we were, yes. You know, the, the important thing was to keep it Western Canadian or local as possible. So we wanted the bison to come from Western Canada. We wanted the production of the product to come from Western Canada as well. Those were, you know, very, very important. And that's why it took so long. So <laughs> trying to figure it all out and find it out, make it work. And we were able to do that. So the bison does come from Alberta and the production is right here in Saskatoon. Yeah. And then the product sold right across across Western Canada. And the cool thing about it too is when we were working on this project with Wanaskewin, we did want to have Indigenous artists do the artwork for it. And that artist, uh, Linus Woods, and he comes from Manitoba as well. So we it was pretty good. We got all the Prairie provinces involved in this project somehow. The meat products themselves, is a lot of what you guys are doing very Indigenous-led as well? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. For this project, definitely. And we also have an Indigenous fish program as well, which is doing really, really well. Yeah, maybe you can tell me a little bit about that as well. Yeah, so that, we have walleye and northern pike and some lake trout, and that is a project we started about three or four years ago with a group out of Vile Lacrosse in northern Saskatchewan. And that's an Indigenous-led group, and all the fishermen are Indigenous as well. Very, very successful program. We actually won a national new product award with those items. Are you finding that there was more demand for these types of products where people were reaching out to co-op and saying, you know, we, we would like to support Indigenous-led items such as these? Well, we kind of stumbled on it. They approached us with the idea and then they had to go through this whole process to get your federal license and all that other stuff. Everyone, we thought everyone fishes for their own walleye. Why would they buy? But it just took off and it took off in a couple of ways when the product is really, 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 really good. But just the whole marketing and idea behind it, we did get a lot of good press, a lot of customer feedback, you know, just, you know, saying thank you for supporting the North and all that. So that was really, really encouraging. Does Co-op plan to expand even further with these types of products somewhere down the road? We would love to do that. Yes. It's right up our alley. It's really what our our brand's about, you know, it's kind of the core to our brand and the values to our brand is supporting local. And then, you know, that whole community engagement back to communities and stuff, very important. For you being the store brand's manager, do you get a chance to taste everything ahead of time? Yes, I'm one of the lucky ones. <laughs> I, got a, I got a very, very, very satisfying job. <laughs> very, uh, <laughs> how do you find that all these products taste? Like, are you you quite satisfied yourself with how people are going to find, like you said, the new Smokies, the, the burgers and such? Oh, yeah, definitely. They're very, very good, high quality. We made sure of it. We went over it quite a few times. And it's so important to find those supplier partners that can help us. So to get, you have a vision and a dream and you have a, you know, kind of a taste that you want or you're looking for. And then when that comes all together, it's, it's really amazing. 
That's uh, Bellissimo, store brands manager for Co-op, talking about the new line of bison products they're now featuring in stores, with some of the proceeds going to help the nonprofit park, Wanuskewin Park in Saskatchewan. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source, 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. Email advertising at realagriculture.com to learn more about this unique keynote opportunity. Kara Ustras here with realagriculture.com. I'm back here today with another Canola School episode, and I have here with me Leighton Blashko, who is with BSF. Now, we're getting, we're, we're in fall, however, as we have said, agronomy does not stop any time of the year. What are some of the considerations you're going to want to keep in mind heading into next year? So, sort of for me, the way I think of things is probably the five W's of planning your next year's canola. So the who, what, why, where, and when. So maybe of course the who, well that's uh, pretty obvious, you know, if you're growing a canola crop, you're making those decisions, you're the decision maker, you're the person going to be deciding this. Sometimes there's other who people involved. So sometimes you have an agronomist, other times uh, you might have your retailer involved for sure. Um, maybe there's custom uh, seeder that you're going to be hiring. Those kind of the people you're starting to think about at this time of year for next year. So then the what? Well, that's the next W. The way I think about it right now is, well, the what is you need to decide what kind of canola you're going to grow. So first of all, you're probably thinking about canola from a few different perspectives. Growers decide about a herbicide tolerance system, what they've been growing. They think about uh, rotation, so they may want to rotate. Uh, one system to another. They also think about disease. I know in a lot of parts of Western Canada, club root is becoming more and more of a concern. So if you're considering club root resistant hybrids, you need to decide whether you're considering a first generation hybrid or whether you, it's time for you to move to a second generation hybrid. So, you know, at BASF, we have a flow chart to help you with those decisions to decide whether it's time to maybe switch to a second generation clubbed resistance package. So those are some of the things as far as, you know, the disease part of it. But then of course, there's other agronomic factors like the standability. You've just come through harvest. Maybe it was a very uh, large, large crop that you went through in some field fields, maybe it was not a very uh, high lodging year. But if you're thinking about certain fields that are typically more prone to lodging, you want to think about what hybrid can you evaluate or look at some resources to say, look, is this going to be a better hybrid or a poorer hybrid for lodging? And then the other thing from the what is, you know, what is the yield? So there's all sorts of sources of information out there. We're proud of our, you know, our InvigorResults.ca website. That's where we have all our replicated farmer-run trial results. So those are across Western Canada. Every other company has those as well. Those are good sources to uh, get information as to how did things perform. So that's the, the what, W. 
Now the why, well of course, you know, hopefully as you're doing things to, to make a profit, a good return on investment, um, farming, you know, we've got, uh, there's a lot of decisions that go into the why. Why should I put canola here? Is it the right rotation? Is it, have I had enough years between canola crops? Those sorts of decisions. Now the uh, where, that's another important part. For me, I think, uh, you know, where involves a lot of things. Field selection. Are we, uh, have the right conditions in that field? Is the moisture adequate? Is the surface residue or the straw cover uniformly spread? Uh, so that's something we can do now in the fall. We can do things like that in the fall. We can do some, maybe some heavy harrowing, maybe some vertical tillage. There's a few different things for um, residue uh, management that growers often uh, look at. And this is the time of year to probably take advantage of, uh, you know, a little bit of a lighter workload for, for that in, 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 uh, to be a consideration. Now, other things about the where is, uh, you know, where did you have canola before? Where are there weed problems that you might have? Or even getting more granular for the where might be, where did you place your canola seed this year? Were you happy with the depth? If you targeted three quarters of an inch and you can look at things and you saw your establishment, were you happy with the depth that you achieved? So all of these mental notes you've collected through the fall or through the summer and the whole growing season into the fall can now come into place planning for next year. And that should set you up for success. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, 2 to 4 centimeters of snow expected, wind northwest 20. Temperature steady today near minus 5, the low tonight minus 12. Wednesday, mainly cloudy, wind north 20. Temperature steady near minus 13 tomorrow, the low minus 21. Thursday, sunny with a high minus 18, the low minus 23. Friday, sunny with a high minus 18, the low minus 19. Saturday, periods of snow with a high of minus 9, the low minus 12. Sunday, sunny, the high minus 6, the low minus 11. Monday, sunny, the high minus 4. Normal high is plus 1, the normal low minus 10. The sun rose at 8.01 this morning. It sets at 5.24 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now, Estevan at minus 2. The cold spot, Kindersley in west central Saskatchewan at minus 20. Estevan, once again, is the hot spot at minus 2. Saskatoon, Swift Current, minus 16. Weyburn, minus 2, minus 6. Yorkton is minus 2. Light snow in Regina, minus 6. That's 21 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northwest at 24. Humidity is 85%. The barometric pressure is rising, 102.5. Drifting snow in Moose Jaw. Minus 8, winds are from the west-northwest at 35. Once again, Regina, light snow and minus 6, that's 21 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. 
You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems expect the best. Food banks across Canada are seeing a record number of clients coming through their doors. Food Banks Canada released a report last week suggesting that there is growth as much as 73% in the past three years. Richard Mattern is a researcher with Food Banks Canada and says volunteers are feeling stressed. Well, they definitely are, are, are working hard. They're, they're strained. Uh, many are bursting at the seams. Um, so they're definitely, and what they have also talked about and what came out a lot in the report is, is the, deteriorate, the t- deteriorating uh, mental health of many other clients that they've been observing. And that came out over and over again. It was, it was mentioned more this year than it had been before. Uh, and when we asked uh, food bankers about, you know, what are the key things or top priorities I think should reduce uh, to reduce hunger and food insecurity in their community, they said, well, what are the priorities policy-wise should be mental health supports in addition to, you know, improved income benefits and so forth because of this cumulative impact of all these things that have been happening in the last couple of years. And um, so that's definitely, it's, it's, it's having an impact on, on the food banks as well as the food banks themselves are seeing operational challenges. So they, they have to purchase more food these days. Um, sometimes I heard recently a uh, food bank in Alberta purchases up to 85% of its food in inventory. Most food usually came up, you know, through public donations and so forth. And, and then food banks would purchase food to augment whatever they didn't get in donations. But it seems to be more and more the case. A lot of food banks are having to purchase food. So with the cost of food going up, that's affecting operational budgets as well. Mattern adds transportation costs are also rising. Indeed, and, and so the transportation, the cost of, and so the utility costs are affecting food bank operational budgets as well as, as clients. And we're also hearing the impact of the utility bills that happened in this past winter, especially for seniors on fixed incomes and those who, and you're more likely to see homeowners and, you know, who are struggling with, with utility costs. So that was another key factor from both the demand and supply side. That's Richard Mattern with Food Bank. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today RM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com. A panel of experts is coming together in Edmonton this week to shine a light on soil health and the future of food in Canada. University of Alberta Professor William Schottick is with the Ag and Environment Department and says Canadians are already doing a lot in the area of conservation agriculture through zero till and reduced tillage. What you're doing instead of turning the soil over is you're loosening the soil and you're planting seeds in that soil that you haven't turned over so there's less decomposition of organic matter, less CO2 emissions, less emissions of carbon dioxide, you're helping to conserve organic matter. The organic matter is like a sponge, and that's helping us to keep water in the soil. Professor Schottick says urban sprawl is one of the biggest threats to our soil and ultimately the future of food. And of course, you see it also here in the city of Edmonton. It's an issue right across the country. So urban sprawl is really the worst thing for our soils because we're literally covering up that soil 
that's helping to stabilize the global climate system and helping to filter the water. Professor Shatik change, says changes are needed. So we have to rethink our cities, especially in places like southern Ontario where you have so many people and you have really the best soils and the best climate for growing food. So we need to really place a focus on protecting our soils and managing those soils for future generations. University of Alberta Professor William Shotick is with the Agriculture and Environment Department. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market Update brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. Looking for the perfect vehicle? They'll find a match that exactly fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. Grain markets were showing upward movement in early trading. Viterra prices for canola rose 16.10 at 8.63.22. One red spring wheat went up 4.30 at 4.28.69. The rest were unchanged. Durham 4.98.50. Feed barley 3.67.87. Chickpeas 9.25.95. Flax 7.52.98. Lentils seven sixty eight fifty, oats two eighty nine thirty two, yellow peas four sixty nine zero eight, and feed wheat two eighty nine fifty six. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for December rose ten and a quarter cents at nine seventy and a half. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. Now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of November 8th. Our last regular sale is on October 26th. D1 and D2 cows sold from $0.92 cents to $1.05. D3 cows sold from $0.80 cents to $0.92. Cents. Canner cows sold from $0.70 cents to $0.80. Cents. Heiferettes sold from $1.40 to $1.70 and good butcher bulls sold from $1.20 to $1.40. We had a pre-sorted calf sale here on Monday. 300 to 400 pound steers averaged $3.06 and sold up to $3.37. 400 to 450 pound steers averaged $3 and sold up to $3.28. 450 to 500 pound steers averaged $2.90 and sold up to $3.28. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged $2.80 and sold up to $3.07. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged $2.67 and sold up to $2.88. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged $2.53 and sold up to $2.77. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged $2.48 and sold up to $2.63. And 700 to 800 pound steers averaged $2.49 and sold up to $2.57. Efforts were 40 back from the steers. Some of the highlights from the sale were a group of 430-pound tan steers at $3.28 a pound, a group of 500-pound tan steers at $3.07 a pound, a group of 550-pound tan steers at $2.88 a pound, a group of 600-pound tan steers at $2.70 a pound, a group of 650-pound tan steers at $2.63 a pound, and a load of 700-pound exotic steers at $2.57 a pound. 
a pound. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets the cattle and the prices too. And now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 8,200 hogs Monday, selling in a range of 224 to $238 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 6,800 head, selling in a range of 219 to $233 per CKG. Hemp's cash hog price today is down, and four contract prices opened lower this morning. On Monday, the Canadian dollar was up 13 basis points, with a daily exchange rate 1.3493. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 74.59 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash prices are moderately lower, with the negotiated Western Corn Belt softening 3 cents U.S. 100 weight, while the national form has pulled back 35 cents relative to the previous day. Despite seasonally lower cash hog prices, if supply and demand fundamentals remain in place, the remainder of the year is poised to see record high cash pricing into the new year. Cutout prices are likewise remaining firm, and while some elements of seasonality are showing up in the net value of the carcass, it too is amid record levels for the marketing week. Yesterday, lean hog futures rallied with the nearby contract approaching limit up levels mid-session. No breaking news was behind the move that saw all lean hog futures up relative to the previous day. While the market is lower through mid-trade today, the moves have not offset the gains seen during the Monday session. The extent to which further advances in lean hog futures materialize remains to be seen, but a good deal of confidence can be detached to the idea that yesterday's move was not due to a shift in the fundamental picture. Lean hogs are attracted as an investment because of strong fundamentals, but when investors have achieved investment goals, no one should be too surprised if or when liquidations take place. Coming up, the res- this is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. And brought to you by Western Ag Professional Agronomy. Energy and Resources Minister Jim Reiter says the government is making changes to help Saskatchewan landowners collect overdue surface lease compensation from oil and gas companies. Reiter says the government is amending the Surface Rights Acquisition and Compensation Act. He says the changes will give the minister the ability to suspend the licenses of delinquent operators if Surface Rights Board of Arbitration orders aren't followed. The province will be able to prescribe the maximum allowable compensation that can be awarded by the board for off-lease damages. The government says the move will better align Saskatchewan with surface rights already established in Alberta and British Columbia. The bill is expected to pass in spring 2023. On the markets, the TSX is up 167 points to 19,713. The Dow has risen 488 points to 33,315. Oil has fallen $1.45 at $90.34 per barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 74.60 cents U.S. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.